Welcome back to another episode of If You Can't Handle the Heat. I'm here with my main man, Micah. How we doing, brother? What's up, what's up, what's up? And my main man, my brodo, Joe. How we doing, Jokesy? Doing well. We're on the road in a hotel room, but we're fired. I'm glad we were able to finally figure out. It was, it was a little hectic this week getting uh, time for us to be able to shoot this, but we're here with the boys. Let's get it going. Yeah, 11-hour time difference can really definitely throw things off, especially when you guys are on the road. Um, but first of all, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope everyone's having a great holiday season. Now, I have a question for you boys over there. As a pro, right, you are a, you are, I mean, you're one of the, Micah, you're the only American on your team. Joe, you're one of two. What's it like being a minority, being American, American holiday Thanksgiving? What's that like overseas? I actually luckily didn't know it was Thanksgiving until Thanksgiving and my following people started texting me like, Oh, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, I was like, dang, that's what it is. So it's not, it wasn't too bad. Um, it, I'm assuming your question was what did I do? And I, I am the only American, so I didn't do anything. I just kind of hung out. Not anything special at all. Actually, it was just another normal day. Now, I mean, I feel like your, your experience is different because Hawaiians don't really celebrate Thanksgiving that much for obvious reasons. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, though. But, I mean, no, Joe. We do, but I also for different like reasons. Food. Huh? Really? Thanksgiving food at all. Not at all. That, Bro, that hot take. That reasoning. I only, eat, I only eat my uncle's ham and rice on Thanksgiving. That's all I eat. Tradition, that's Dude, really not have you ever traditional. Had, have you ever yeah, had stuffing? Have you ever had stuffing, yeah, Micah? I hate it. Really? What? Yeah, I, mean, I don't like any... Anything mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes and gravy. Don't like mashed potatoes. You're gonna burn in hell for that. <laughs> I hope you realize that. How do you not like mashed potatoes and gravy? You can literally oh, put the gravy on everything, potatoes, and it dude? can make everything. Oh my god, this oh, dude, is so this, bad. No, no, yeah. you've never. Right, oh my god, dude. Like I was. Dude, this is the guy who put, Gage. Gage. He probably puts ketchup on mashed potatoes, right, That's Micah? Disgusting, bro. You're I gross, do not man. like mashed potatoes. Dude, you're so oh my. dude. That's because this is the thing. Hawaiians eat everything with rice, bro. Like I get, I'm like, yeah. where are the mashed potatoes, man? Like I miss no, I my never, mashed potatoes. Never would eat potatoes. What do you What do you need potatoes for? Just eat rice. What do you mean? You're in Europe, bro. No, you're telling me. Do, do French people eat a lot of rice, or they eat a lot? Well, I think Joe's more potatoes definitely than you in Germany. Yeah, but they I don't mean, eat too much potatoes here either. Yeah, you got to go to kind of the you got to go kind of the Eastern European as well. They definitely have a lot of them. But Joe, you had an early Thanksgiving. How was your? I mean, you you had a bunch of friends over. Bro, yeah. I mean, I first time ever I've ever cooked a turkey, and I didn't burn it, didn't overcook it. And wow. me and Avery Aylesworth, we fired it up, and we had a bunch of German guys over. We had our physio over. It was awesome. It was really good, actually. Uh, we had a pretty traditional Thanksgiving. Most of the food we had, we had green beans, little. Uh, German style Käse Spätzle, which is like German mac and cheese, which is fire. But yeah, it was nice. Um, it was nice to be able to celebrate it a little bit. Um, but obviously, bumming that I'm not able to be back with the family. That's the hardest. You asked that, I think, about holidays. It's always, you hear the athletes overseas say the hardest thing is like over holidays, whatever holiday it is, just not being able to be home with the family is always the most difficult part of the season, I would say. I don't know. I mean, I think Micah would say the same thing. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. It is super difficult for sure. So, do Joe, do your German teammates even care about Thanksgiving, or was it kind of like they just like the food? A- they like the food, and that we're cooking them food, and <laughs> that's pretty much. They, I mean, they kind of <laughs> understand what it's about. Like that's we explain right. it to them, but I mean, it's hard. It's like me okay. coming here and celebrating a German holiday. What the heck do I know about? I have no okay. idea what any German holiday is. Micah, so. I would, when I was talking to Zana in South Carolina, she was explaining how her plan was to come see you in France at any 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 time of year. Now she was explaining this thing to me called love isn't tourism. I mean, I don't know if you're very aware of what's going on in this in this love isn't tourism. <laughs> but when I heard this, I nearly lost my mind. Now I, I, you would probably know more about it than I would. But can you kind of explain what love is tourism for the folks out there? Yeah, basically it was like a French idea. We tried to do it, but they said no. I don't know why they said no. I can't yes, remember exactly the specifics. Um, yeah, no, it's just the idea that couples that are established that have been together for like over a year and can prove it um, are able to get back together and see each other. Right. But what I – the thing – so basically, let me let me wrap my head around this, Micah. Basically, what you're saying is is that you have to go and well, you have to be together for a year, and you have to go to the French government, and then you have to prove to them that you're in love with them. That's showing yeah, that's documents exactly. and everything. And like, how do you prove to the French government that you're in love with Zana Mudo? Like, like how no, like how does that happen? No, you getting caught up on the name. It's not like a, it's not you have to prove that you're in love. You just have to prove that you've been in an established relationship with them. Oh, the other option is just pop the question. We, we, we sent like her tickets from last year where she was in France for a while. We sent like us pictures of us from over a year ago to say like, this is when we started dating and like all that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. Cause I was like, you don't send like, like, I really love this person. I love it. <laughs> Show it on your knees in front of the government. You need to believe me. It's true love. Oh, man. And then they oh. have a judge, and he's like, not, not true love. And he's yeah, that's that's how like, I thought it was. That's how I thought it was. So I'm sorry you guys got denied. I hope everything works out in the long run. Um, recently, there's been a lot of news. I mean, when, when you have a corona year, there's going to be a lot of people switching agents and a lot of kind of things going on. With agents, and I don't think people out there kind of understand how how volleyball agents work because they're much different from basketball and football, right? Because I think I well, in my opinion, I believe they switch a lot more. Now, you guys have a lot more experiences with with uh, dealing with the agents and and kind of if you need to switch, switch and staying with them and whatnot. So I was wondering, I guess for my own personal gain as well, how do volleyball agents work, Joe? Uh, well. It's different for you, like university players versus like kids over here in Europe, because obviously I think most people know, most people who are listening to this in the U.S. know that any player who's playing in university or is playing or is in high school, they're not allowed to be in contact. Their family's not allowed to be in contact with any sort of agency or a specific agent before they are finished with their NCAA eligibility. And so for you, like, there's, at the NCAA tournament, there's always a handful of agents just waiting to talk to people after. And then pretty much as soon as your season's up, your senior year, you start kind of receiving messages. 
And it's it definitely happens that there's agents trying to reach out to you throughout the season. You just kind of have to be like tell your uh, college coaches to let them know that they can't that you can't speak to them during that time. But for like European guys, they're the agents are just around junior clubs looking, and they're just trying. There's like specific agencies, then there's also just kind of solo agents, and you got to find one that I know Micah. When he signed his guy, he'll talk a little bit. He was just really happy with the connection that they had, and that's super important. Like you want to have that with that with your agent, that kind of connection, so that they see the same sort of pathway for your career that you see. You want to kind of have the same vision for where you want to go, and uh, you want to see kind of where like which leagues you want to play in, which clubs. So you want to see which agency has those connections to the right places, and then go from there. I don't know, Mike, if you want to speak about how you kind of went about your your agent. Yeah, uh, as you know me, I kind of just kind of make decisions on a whim. Right. So I had met with uh, uh, three agents, and I just talked to all of them and just, like, tried to figure them out. And I, I went with um, the youngest one just because he just seemed the most relatable and seemed the easiest to talk to. And he didn't have his nose up in the air too far and – was a little bit more grounded down to earth, um, which I just, those are things that I actually really, really do care about. I'd rather not go as far and go with good people than, than go in a, in a way I'm not really proud of and, and make it like really, really to the top. So yeah, agents are a big deal, um, especially for Americans because we don't have any contacts anywhere. And so your agent does all the work for you. They're going to find the teams. They're going to like try and get people your video. And they really check on me every month. Probably. Um, they help me out whenever I need, but yeah, I just, I chose my agent like that. I did it after your guys's game versus long beach, um, senior year. Cause a lot of agents had come to watch and talk to a bunch of the university people. And unfortunately I wasn't even playing. So, um, I had some time and I, I did it during that week. I remember you, you, you guys are definitely not like guilty of this or, or anything like that, but I've, there have definitely, we had one person, I'm not going to name any names on here, right? Like you said, it's illegal for someone to talk to an agent until their season's over, right? You become, well, you're not a, a um, an amateur anymore. Once you sign an agent or talk to agents, you're considered professional, right? And there have been one person on the show. I'm not going to name anyone. Um, that we interviewed early in the process. And they were like, yeah, I was at the NSA tournament, and I was talking to agents right before my game. <laughs> and we're just like, I remember me and Joe just like looked at each other. We we're like, uh, like, is that, he? like, I'm not going to say anything, but I don't think that's legal. Um, but that person has a very lucrative and successful career. So if you can find that, if you guys know what I'm talking about, then you know. But chances are you probably don't. There's a small thing that we kind of catched. Um, but yeah, that's something that I'm going to be definitely going into the field of, uh, hopefully by the end of the year. Hopefully, uh, everything goes my way and I can sign an agent and continue a pro career. Now, something magical, something amazing has caught my attention sent by my brother Joseph Worsley. Joseph Worsley has sent me a traditional holiday uh, phenomenon hosted by Joe. Tell me if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Is it? Con. 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 So Con. So Con is out of France. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. That's correct. So Con is out of France, and apparently every year they have a 
swimsuit or a lingerie uh, uh, cr- uh, calendar. And apparently, <laughs> and it's just, and I'm looking at it, Joe sent me this, this article, and it's a bunch of just basically chicks in lingerie <laughs> with the name, with the, with con on top of it. And I have no idea where those two link or any way, but I'm just loving the direction they're going in. And I'm reading the article, Joe, and here it says, these photos are artistic and provocative, which is the main reason for the popularity of the calendar, given that no club had such a con- concept before con. <laughs> wait, wait. I had zoned out. I had uh, my women's team. Repeat that. The women's team, correct. Yeah, yeah, the women's team. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, wait, the women's team? Wait, wait. I thought they were just wait, random wait. chicks. No, this is their women's volleyball team, bro. <laughs> they have their team. Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine the men's team did this. I would, I would be the first one to sign up for that. You put me in a speedo or a Borat speedo, or I think it's called a banana speedo. I don't even know. I oh, that is amazing. So the women's team is like part of their contract that they have to like pose damn near naked for this calendar. <laughs> this is their team. Oh my god. I mean, if anyone in America did this, holy crap, there would be. It would be nuts. No way. Only in France, man. This is, this is something else. Wow, dude. I, yeah, I, I. It has to be in your contract. There's no way they can force, unless it's in their contract. I don't know how you tell your team. Like, in the U.S., I feel like that would just not fly. Oh, absolutely. For not. several absolutely reasons, not. having your team pose in lingerie for, <laughs> dude. The club just needs money. I guess I don't know. It's, it's interesting. When I saw that pop up, I'm like, what? Uh, for a friend, how does one purchase this this calendar for a friend? I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> we can drop the game. link. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Actually, I would send it to actually if if someone actually knew and followed overseas volleyball that I could like talk to and send as a joke, I would. But uh, sadly, there aren't a lot of those out there. Um, this is nuts. This is, I didn't even know this is a thing. But I'm sure they make a lot of money off it and get a lot more people to the game. So congratulations to them. Um, they're out here making money moves. The last thing I want to talk about with everyone out there, what is going on with UH Volleyball right meow? Now, I like to give updates. They're usually small, but I have an absolute explosion of an update. Now, a week ago, we, we filmed a podcast, or two weeks ago, we filmed a podcast, and I stated, I was like, hey, we're practicing. We're back in the gym. Let's go, baby. Then a day later, I get an email and and. It was after practice from our coach, Charlie. He's like, hey, everyone keep it on the down low. We're like the only spring team practicing they're allowing, right? So I, was, so I had to literally cut that out of the podcast. You guys probably didn't catch it, um, but I did cut it from the beginning of the podcast. Uh, or maybe you did catch it. So now I can officially say we are in the gym. We are practicing. We are fired up and ready to go. Uh, that's basically what we've been doing for the past week or two. Um, we're getting ready for everything now. We probably won't be playing till uh, February, late February. I'm not gonna. I can't really reveal the information of that until it's kind of finalized. But one thing I do want to talk about is non-conference games, especially BYU, right? So the thing about BYU, the chances of us playing BYU this year, not big, not big at all. You know, because non-conference games are so hard, and let me tell you why. The chances of us playing BYU are very slim. 
for two reasons. The first reason, we are MPSF and the Big West have different uh, different corona standard tests, right? So our tests, our requirements are different from theirs. So that means we have to do their tests in order to pass. And and the cha- I mean, I don't we're, I think we're trying to do that right now, right? Because we said, "Hey, you should come to us again." And they're like, "No, we're not coming to you guys." I'm like, "We're like, okay, we'll come to you guys." And they're like, "Okay, fine." So we're in the process of trying to find how to pass the MPSF and we have to pay for ourselves and all this other stuff. So that's a big roadblock we got to get around. And then also travel is also trying to get around that. And then every league is making non-conference games not a thing. But I will hand it to Charlie Wade. Charlie Wade is an absolute businessman, and he gets shit done. You know what I'm saying? So that is the only reason why I'm staying positive. Okay, there's a chance we're playing BYU. But there's also a chance we don't play them just because you can't you can't control Corona and and. And if the MPSF says, hey, we're only allowed to play these games then. And in the Big West, you don't know anything about that. Um, there are still a lot of things about the season that I can't talk about that's up in the air. And when when we get further down the date, I can I can give you guys more information. But as of right now, we cannot. And then also, BYU, you guys probably don't know this. BYU and Hawaii do not have very uh, – I mean, we have good relations. But last time we went to BYU, it was my sophomore year, and we kind of handled business. Um – what happened was a lot of people complained about us because we, I'll admit, we were boasting and whatnot, like on the court. Like I was big chest and I was saying, I was saying, I was opening my mouth way more than usual. I'll admit that. But what happened was, so a fan, I think they reached out to our president or reached out to our AD and then our president. They're like, you guys were disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. I'm not even getting to BYU fans because they, I can tell you history, Micah has experienced history of the BYU fans saying, I mean, yep. they, Micah, they were saying racial slurs, don't get me wrong, to, uh, to, to what was it, Kofi, yeah? If, correct me if I'm wrong. I guess they had, yeah, they've, I've had, I've had some crazy stories at BYU. Um, Dude. It was game point and I was serving and I think we were down one. And I tossed it, and somebody kicked that. You know that banner? Yeah. In the back, yes. that's like, yeah. Somebody had kicked it, and like I tripped a little bit, so I had to like roll shot it in. <laughs> and their coach was like, "Hey, why didn't you rip it?" Because I was ripping it all night, obviously. And I was so pissed. I didn't even. I didn't say anything to him. I was like, "Oh, I know, I know, I know." And I was like super upset, and I didn't say anything to anyone. Because I don't want to come out and just make excuses, and I don't want people to be like, oh, yeah, sure. But a person on the bench came up to me and was like, hey, on that last serve, did somebody kick that thing? Like, I swear I saw somebody push it and trip you. And I was like, yeah. And then um, they went to Sparrow, and then they had called him. They had called him the N-word. And they called Kofi. Almost got the Kofi, yeah. The Kofi, right? Yeah, they called Kofi N-word, and they tried to find the guy. And then Dylan almost got into a fight when we were walking. Um, Now, our goal isn't try here and bash BYU fans because stuff happens every university, right? They're great fans of BYU. They're passionate. They're we're definitely just, we're, we're, we're rivals with them, too, so we just don't. Exactly, we don't, exactly. We don't like them. <laughs> so, so there's definitely, like, stuff. And and here's the thing about BYU fans. It's like people are like, oh, they're like when, when you do stuff like that, like we just named, okay, you're crossing a line. But, like, the loudness and everything like that and, like, then trying to get in your head of when when not crossing a line, I 100% agree with that. People are like, oh, they're so bad. I'm like, bro, 
basketball does that all the time. You see the fans at basketball games? That's what you want. You want a hostile environment and going in there. I love that. I love that. It's not just like this pitter-patter, oh, very, like, you know. Like, because cause Stan can get a little hostile, too. I like that when they get pissed. And I love that. I love the hostile environment of anywhere you go. You know, I don't like, oh, respect. Yeah, respect them. Like, don't cross a line. But at the same time, try and get in that player's head. I love that. And try and get in our head. Try You know, I love that about the – I love. Yeah, I uh, love the ho- – Some people just – I don't know. I don't know. Some people just don't like it. I'm not sure. But, like I said, I'm not trying to bash them. But, but anyway – the presence, back to the story, the presence even got involved. And our president was like, well, your fans were doing this. And the thing with the BYU president, he was like, no, we would never do that or something like that. And I, we were just all, like, rolling our eyes. Like, you got to be kidding me. It's just so oblivious. But anyway, that's that's just – I'm not even going to into that because I still got skin into the game and I'm not trying to get presence involved here again. Um, to end this up, to wrap this up, Joe, let's get into our advice. Uh, let's answer some questions here. We, we got some tasty stuff on the menu this week. Some very tasty, voluptuous things. All right. We'll, we'll start off with the... We're going to start off with a heater here. From Zach Ain't Whack. <laughs> That's his name. Zach Ain't Whack. Out of the three of you, I have my answer right away. Who would be the, the best beach pair? Gage Joe, Joe Micah, or Gage Micah? And I will... Firmly believe that Gage and Michael make no. the best pair. It'd be it'd be Joe and Michael because Joe can set and he plays better defense in the beach better than I do. Uh, that's not Gage's scoring on the beach and his defense is. I we get, we'll probably sit here and argue about that all day, but I, I I mean, either yeah, any of those teams I feel like would do really well for the most part. Yeah. I don't think I don't think there's any team that would be bad in that pairing. Um, me, me and Gage, it depends which level. I don't know how we do with our blocking. That's why we need Mike on the court. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but besides, yeah, I think that's an easy answer for us. I Micah, I I could guess what Mike would say, but he's dumb, so he he would say Gage and yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I would say you and Gage because you guys have played together so much. Yeah. True, but dude, you guys, <laughs> you guys we'd need like, you on the court blocking, so bro. So well together. That's true, but dude, you'd need me on the court blocking for uh for obvious great reasons. triples dude, team. We'd are... be a great triples team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we do this, we'd still be small, dude. I can't block. I'm so small. Yeah, I'd be bigger. You'd be we'd be good. you we don't need a crazy block. Luckily we're good at defense, but we don't need them bouncing on That's us. true. That's true. Just That's as long as they're not nice. bouncing balls on us, I think we'd be G. I think we'd be straight as long as they're not bouncing. Um <laughs> Um <laughs> David Doy, Micah, uh, or maybe I'll answer this because Mike Mike's been in and out on connection. Favorite setter dump, and what do you focus on to disguise it? Uh, I mean, I think the setter dump depends on your which hand's more dominant. So if you're a left-handed guy, I always think that those guys should be able to turn and swing because that's freaking gnarly if you're able to do it fast. Guys like Michael Saeda. Um, played at Irvine. He was overseas. He's no longer playing overseas anymore. Uh, Josh Tuaniga, like those guys can turn and swing. It's just freaking gnarly because they get on it so fast. Um, but my personal one, just straight down the middle of the court. I like the fast pass and uh, just kind of like straight down the middle of the court there because that's the easiest. I mean, for me, shorter setter, I don't have quite as many angles as somebody like Micah might have. But I like the, the biggest thing is get the ball to the floor fast. Like you don't want to do anything like, 
you see the jumbos to the corner that I mean that's tough to do get it to the floor but every once in a while you'll catch like the defense sleeping but I think I always tell setters just get the ball whatever the fast way is to get to the ball to the floor um actually no my favorite dump is the freaking swipe off the block out of it I love that shit see? that shit's the best swiping it off the block I totally forgot my about internet's that. I don't been know okay it... so I can maybe try and answer but all right let's hear it let's hear it my the one that happens the most for me is when the pass is really super tight and I need to like jump as high as I physically can and just throw the ball straight to the right back because the left side's always jumping with me and I just try and get on it before them and throw it as like jump in as high as I can and throw it as hard as I can down. Just play <laughs> dodgeball. My, <laughs> yeah. My favorite, my favorite dunk. Yeah. That's probably my favorite. It just happens so much. Like, or I just have to try and jump super high and make a play like that. How to disguise it, what I've learned too is the best disguising is not putting up both your hands. Like at one t- people always say like put your both your hands up. Mine is to put no hands up and don't <laughs> go straight into it. It's when I watch other people like Josh does a good job of it. <laughs> ben Ritz asks why nice guys always finish last. We, I guess we had this one coming to us because we told him uh, we'll give him advice on anything. So, Gage, why do nice guys always finish last? I'll admit. You got to be a dick. Def- Joe, you are a dick, man. You, Joe and I couldn't be further from just the spectrum of That dickness. is not true. Joe, you, oh, my God, bro, you ghost girls left and right, man. Like, I'm out like, I got, I got, like, I was nice. Again, Larry, again, I've talked about the cloud. I've talked about Guys, if you guys want to know more about this information, check out Hot Chicks. We're gonna do for a holiday special. We're gonna Freaking do Hot, Hot Chicks, Chicks 2.0. My favorite episode. Freaking Hot Chicks episode. Check it out. Freaking Hot Chicks 2.0 coming up Christmas. Be ready. Um, but Joe, like I'll admit, like I'm not saying I don't want to like generalize all girls, but like typically, like like leading them on, dragging them on, kind of getting their interest like that, rather than nice guys. Definitely. I mean, I don't know, man. Like I think maybe girls like the chase or girls. I don't know. I, I mean, not all girls are like that. I want to have somebody like, I am not. Like, all right, that's fine, right? I mean, my girlfriend was Dude, like, if, if I, I I wish Micah's <laughs> Wi-Fi was better because I would like to hear his full answer to how the how it went down between him and Zana. If he was made Zana chase him or what or what went down. But I don't know if we have the connection can, for him to be able to. We'll have to save it for the freaking hot. He could do it. the freaking hot chicks, maybe. Alright, I can give you a five. Um, no, Zana was Zana was really hard to get. Hmm. There you go. There we go. We are ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. Let's go. He nailed it. Full answer, nailed. baby. Nailed like it. Here. Yeah, but I mean, you can tell. But then again, if they're interested, they sometimes they like to chase. You know what I'm saying? Like that's their way of being like, oh, you no, really yeah, want me? It, it wasn't that there was a lack of interest. It was there's some other stuff going on. But yeah. She's hard. <laughs> Good yeah. answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> um, the, uh, all right. Also, I don't Some think guy... the nice guys finish last. Fair enough. Just got to find the right girl. Not find there. the right girl. Find think, the right girl. I think, I think nice guys finish, like, the best, but it takes them longer. Like, I think bad guys finish first. But not necessarily finish in the best way. I think that I think that a lot of girls. So take your time. Exactly, like a lot (laughs) of girls. Um, 
for example, if you're being nice to a girl and she doesn't like that, whatever, she's definitely not the one. So move on. Move on, chief. Move on, champ. King. Move on, chief. Move on. Advice from yeah. the legend Gage Worsley. The chick she, magnet she Gage Worsley. All move. right. <laughs> um, one quick comment. Some guy asked or said that he's been telling everybody how we're the best volleyball podcast on the platform. Much respect to that. Thank you. Big shout out. And then Big next one. Last one, last one, from Fivo Cristo Dulo. <laughs> Fivo Cristo Dulo. How do you be a better leader? I think that's well, it's a pretty plain question, but I I think we gauge. I want I want to hear you on it because you're a newly um, claimed cap, not claim, but you're you're a captain for the first time. I think um, I am. I don't even know at UH this year. I I think I really you are this know. year. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, we proclaim you the captain. Thank you. I proclaim. I'm an out of system captain. You. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to my grave smiling because of that. Um, but let's hear it. I want to. How to be a so, better leader? How can you improve your leadership skills? Let's hear yeah. it from the master. I've definitely had a unique thing about leadership, right? I've had to kind of like, I've been the older guy on the team, the younger side, so I'm always like kind of in waves. Okay, I need to be a leader here, and then you know, not much here. You know, so it's kind of. I've only had a unique experience with leadership, but the key is, man, it's just relatability and, and accountability. Something I struggled with last year is sometimes I could be a puss and not say stuff in practice that needed to be said and not set a good example, right? So, like, I'd be kind of doing lazy stuff, and, like, some guy would be given attitude or whatever, and, like, I wasn't trying my hardest, and, and then at the same time, I didn't speak up and say something to him and, like, show him that you got to do it like this, you know, get the respect that way, and then I was a puss by not explaining hey man like you gotta you gotta calm calm your shit down man like th that, that's unacceptable right so uh, being respectable and make sure you're set a good example holding guys accountable it sounds like exactly. is what you're saying and it's holding guys accountable that's the key thing man i mean get the respect and get their get their heads uh, wrapped around what needs to be done right on michael let's hear your short answer <laughs> to that question oh, biggest wow. thing about leadership Let, let's hear your three key words for the best possible leader? Um, intelligent. Bingo. Um, that was clear. Oh, gosh. Three keywords. Those were three. Hardworking. That's three. <laughs> <laughs> Jackhammer. <laughs> Alpha male. <laughs> Industrious, I like that. Yeah, industrious. Well, I don't know. That's that's one word that kind of reminds me of hardworking. So we're gonna go with intelligent, industrious, and jackhammer. Reliable. Rely. Boom. Five I think that's perfect. <laughs> what? That was three words: intelligent, industrious, and reliable. Alpha male, jackhammer. Uh. Sorry, that's an office joke. Sorry. Don't, this don't is why. Me. This is why Gage is only uh, is only uh, been a captain for one year now. Because <laughs> this is the stuff he says in team meetings. Dude, one time, no, um, right, really quick, really quick. We need five, to be alpha male jackhammers. Ten seconds. Ten seconds, really quick. That's I was having a meeting with. 
I was meeting, I was meeting with Joshua Walker, and he said this seriously to me. He was like talking. He's like, Gage, you got to take like you got to be more serious in different situations because sometimes they're looking for your leadership and whatnot. And he says it's completely serious. This next part, he's like, because we're gonna get Gage's jokes whether we like it or not. And I just started cracking up, like I was like dying laughing on the floor when he said that to me. <laughs> Basically, said I'm an absolute idiot, and I got to take more stuff seriously. So I've been working on that this year. Continue, Joe. <laughs> I I don't know how that's gonna work. Dude, I think for your so entire cool. life, our dad has t- tried his hardest to get Gage <laughs> to take everything seriously, and it has I not am, worked. I am serious on the court. It's just off the court stuff where I'm just like, crude. Yeah. Well, I don't know what they're looking for. I think, I think, I think the team needs someone like you because. Oh yeah, for sure. You need like you don't need everybody like how I am, just like freaking on guys ass a lot of times like if everybody's like that i don't i don't think it, good, it creates a good For team sure. culture and team dynamic so i mean i i think everybody needs to be their own the the biggest thing i would say is be natural like when when you're fake when coaches are fake and they try to be somebody that they aren't or captains and, are fake and captains yep yeah when they're fake and they're trying to be somebody that who they aren't that's when you lose respect and that's when also like you don't perform it your highest level and you're not being the best leader you possibly can because it's not really you being that leader it's like you're trying to fake stuff so that's the advice that i have is that's be a really good natural you have that's to be really natural because it drives me nuts when coaches try to create this other version of this i'm like Dude, it's like not helping anybody see. like everybody sees right through it immediately so that's uh that's a daily daily advice with if you can't handle the heat. That's that segment. I think it was solid today. Well, boys, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully we answer all you guys' questions. I know you guys are both on the road, so I wish you guys best of luck in your games. And Let's get remember, two dubs, baby. Let's get two exactly. dubs. Get your dubs. Eat those dubs like James Winston. And remember, if you can't handle the heat, got that goddamn kitchen. I'm Gage, here with Micah and Joe. This has been another episode presented by Addison.